Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I'm so thankful to be a part of the best church on earth with the best leadership the best vision it's entirely the best church that I've ever known Lord you're good we're going to Romans 7 today that's where we're going to begin and I have to say this is probably the message I've been most excited to ever share with you because before I've even preached it to you, it has already brought me to tears. It's brought me shouting in victory. It's already took me and wrung me out and filled me up and then poured me out again. So I'm excited to see what God shares with you, how he works on you through it. Romans 7, verses 21 through 23. I find then a law when I would do good Evil's present with me. For I delight in the law of God and the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. You see Paul here in this internal struggle, going back and forth. I'm trying to do good, but evil's there in me. And man, I want to do what's good. But evil is just, just tearing at me, just pulling me back. Today, with the help of the Lord, we're going to talk on the subject between two worlds. Between two worlds. And we're going to subtitle this, Fighting with Laws. Fighting with Laws. Let's pray right now. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come and deliver your word. I pray, Lord, it would be as you will it. I pray you would speak through these imperfect lips, through this imperfect heart. I pray you would speak the word at a perfect moment. That you would speak words of life, you would speak words of hope, that you would speak a timely instruction in this moment to this body. God, I praise you, and I thank you that all glory be unto you. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Between two worlds and fighting with laws. A law is a system of rules that's created and enforced through social or governmental institutions to regulate behavior. Law is a system that regulates and ensures that individuals or a community adhere to the will of the state. I know that's quite a mouthful, so we're going to just kind of boil it down to simplified version here. In America, we have laws. We have a list. We have a regulation of laws, and those laws are to be adhered to if you're living within those borders. I live within America. I enjoy the freedoms. I enjoy the, the, the whatever you can enjoy within America. I enjoy that partly because I obey with the laws that are set within that land. I don't own that land, so I can't distinguish the laws. I simply adhere to the laws of the one who owns the land. These are talking about the laws. So going back to Romans chapter 7, we're going to look at Bishop Walls' commentary on this uh, segment of verses. And he states... Obviously, we're wrestling with laws that seek to prevail in our lives. The laws that are under consideration in this respect is the power of authority, which seeks to be the 
the dominant voice in our lives, end quote. He also outlines that there are four distinct laws that are outlined in Romans chapter 7. So in that verses that we just read, the three verses, there are four laws within us that are always at work. They're always at play. They're always trying to be that dominant voice in your life. They're always trying to be the one at the steering wheel. That is the law of my members, the law of my mind, the law of sin, and the law of God. These four laws, each and every day, we can wrestle with these. Our flesh will struggle with the law of God. My mind can struggle with anxiety. The law of our members can struggle to remain righteous with so many temptations present. We're going to talk a little bit about each and every one of these laws. My assignment today is to teach us how we can go from fighting with the laws to fighting with the laws. To teach us, I want us to stop struggling against the laws and learn to fight with the laws positioned on our side. I'm no longer going to fight with the laws. I'm going to fight with the laws on my side because these laws are meant for you and for me, for our good, not for our detriment. They're meant for us to fight. They're meant to fight with us, not to fight against us. Let's examine each a little close, a little more closely. The law of my mind. The law of my mind is our thought patterns. It's where our mind directs the action of our members. Thinking proper thoughts will direct us to proper actions. It all starts in the mind. So this is where we're going to begin today. The law of the mind. Romans 8, 5 through 7. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be carnally minded, pardon me, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and death. Peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So to mind the things of the flesh, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. We look at that word mind, they mind the things of the flesh. It translates to direct the mind towards, to pay attention to, to seek for. So what your mind seeks for, it will obey. What your mind puts its attention on, it will follow that. You ever tried to walk in one direction and look in the other direction? I can barely chew bubblegum and walk. But it's a very hard thing to do because your mind's focused on one thing and your feet are trying to do another. What you focus your mind on, what you put your attention to, you will follow. You will seek. You will yearn for. You'll hunger for. What you put in front of your face, what you put within your mind, will determine where everything else goes from there. Philippians 4 and 8, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, are lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Keep right there, shall keep your minds. It'll keep your minds. Translates to fureo. Fureo is to guard, to keep watch, like a military sentinel. Figuratively, it is to actively display whatever defensive or offensive means necessary to guard that object. Whatever it takes, I'm guarding my mind. It doesn't matter if I have to take drastic actions. It doesn't matter if anybody thinks I'm nuts. That's fine. I will be a safe nuts. I will actively display whatever it takes to keep my mind safe. I will think on whatever is just. I will think on what is pure. I will think on what is of a good report. I won't worry about things that are a mess trying to worry my mind. I will think on the fact that God has planned it out and it is already victorious. doesn't matter what the mess looks like. I know I win. 
That's it. The law of your mind is going to go wherever you direct it. Wherever I tell my mind to go, and you do that by whatever you feed it. The media input you're continually putting in. That's directing your mind. Either towards God or away. Towards peace or towards anxiety. And so on. Let's talk about the law of my members. Our members is where our feet take us, what our hands touch, what they get involved with. What do our eyes look at? What does our mouth speak? These are our actions. So the law of the mind starts with what we think on, what we're taking in. The law of the members then translates what's our mind telling our hands to do? What's it telling our feet to go? What's it telling our mouth to speak? 18, Proverbs 18 and 21, I'm going to read this in the Amplify, and then I'm going to follow it up with the message. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and beat the consequences of their words. In the message, just because it's really entertaining sometimes, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. That's your words. Are my words being fruit to those around me? Are they being poison? And to myself. Are they feeding my spirit? Are they feeding my flesh? Because what I feed is where I'll go. What I pay attention to is what I will obey. If I'm paying more attention to the flesh, I'll obey the flesh. That's why sometimes it feels like in that inner struggle, I can't, do, do, I, do I obey life or do I obey death? Why do I obey death? I know the consequences because that's what you're feeding your mind. So that's what your members will do. Words you speak are very powerful. They can destroy or they can build up. The words that you speak are crucial when it comes to governing the law of your members. You cannot expect your natural reaction when something terrible happens to be faith when all you speak is pessimism and negativity. I can't expect when something hits me and just completely derails me to be, oh, well, God's got it under control. Hallelujah. When all I do is talk about, my cup of coffee was cold when I got this morning. My coffee pot's broke. I don't know why I'm on coffee. I love coffee but not more than God. Back to my notes. Proverbs 5, 1 through 5. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to keep my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that my lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. It sounds good. Seems good. It looks good. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. It's pretty important to distinguish here. Her feet go down to death. That's the law of her members. Her speaking of sin, a particular type of sin. Her feet, the, the, the feet, the, the members of sin goes to death. That's the end. That's the end destination if your members are focused on sin. Layman's commentary on these verses states, In verse 1, the father again appeals to the young man to pay attention to his teaching. Morality is always an issue of the heart. If one remains pure, then one can maintain a life of integrity. It's pretty simple. If your mind remains pure, if your heart remains pure, your members will somehow magically remain pure. How does this happen? I keep doing pure things because I'm putting pure things in my mind. I'm putting pure things in my heart. Quoting again, the father warns his sons not to stray from his warning. A contemporary image of this is a man guiding his sons through a minefield. The goal is not to get as close to as dangerous as possible, but to rather stay far away, end quote. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture. We can picture God, our Heavenly Father, standing up high above our life, seeing what has been, what is, and what will be. The entire picture of your life. 
Don't go there. There's a bomb there. Don't. Mm-mm-mm. Stop, stop, stop. That way. How many of y'all ever done that to your kids? You see them walking towards that sharp knife drawer, and you're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. You see them doing something they ought to not do, and it's going to danger. You see it. As soon as they take a step, you're like, I see where their mind's going. That's exactly what happens here. We see God high and lifted up, watching us, saying, don't go there. Don't go there. I don't know why, but I just got to, I don't know. I'm just walking along doing this thing. There's nothing wrong with this particular activity, but I just got a real sharp conscience not to do it. I don't understand it. I guess I'll just go ahead. This is God trying to direct you. There's danger ahead. There is destruction ahead. That's God trying to tell us once you cross that line to sex outside of marriage, there's danger there. It will destroy future things. When you try to cross that line into where you're envying or jealousy about somebody else, there's a line there. Don't do it. Don't cross it. There's a bomb there. There's about to be a mess. Stay away from it. The law of your members also works by the principle that it will travel in whatever direction you send it. The law of your mind will go wherever you tell it. The law of your members will do whatever you tell it to do. Now let's talk the law of sin. The law of sin. The law of sin seeks to dominate us, bring us into servitude of sin and Satan. It is the continual desire that our flesh will always desire Sin never changes. This law doesn't change. Sin will always pull you to sin. Sin will always pull you away from God. Now, I know it seems gloom and doom, but we're just getting this clear as we move forward. It never changes. Seven, Romans seven twenty-five and 8, 1. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh... The law of sin, the very next verse, there is, now, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So Paul said, I myself serve the law of God, but the flesh is in the law of sin. So, so we see Paul here with distinguishing this inner struggle again, yet again. I'm serving God. I'm in the law of God. But my flesh, this dirty, rotten flesh, keeps reaching to sin. Even Paul struggled with this. It's a principle. Your sin will always try to be sin. Your flesh will always try to go to sin. Bishop quotes on this verse, The law of sin will not go away on its own. As long as Satan is the God of this world, he will continue to have to deal with the flesh and its desires. However, in Christ Jesus, we have the authority to conquer and control the flesh. Keeping the flesh under subjection until the ultimate day of victory when sin and Satan will at last be defeated and put out of commission forever and ever. End quote. So that is some hope scripture right there. That I can put it under subjection, that I can control it through the law of God. That when I am in Christ Jesus, as Paul stated, when I'm walking after the flesh, while I'm walking after the spirit, pardon me, the flesh does not have subjection over me. All right. Looking at the law of sin in this picture. Now, I have a really, you know, fun and weird imagination. Whenever I see this picture, I see, I don't know if you've ever seen the life of, uh, secret life of pets. You get that little dog that's going off on that auto-retractable leash, and all of a sudden the owner keeps zipping it back. That's how I picture my flesh. Now. That's how I picture it now. And this is exciting. I know you're, you're smiling. This is cool. I'm doing it so it'll stick. But that's exciting because now I picture my flesh not as this huge, 
just absolute monster that I can't control. It's just a little yappy dog on a leash. And guess who's holding the leash? The law of God told me I have power over that. So whenever I'm walking after the spirit and my flesh is like, ooh, that looks pretty. I rip him back in and say, mm, we don't go there. I'm walking after the spirit and it's like, ah, oh, it's just one snap. That picture will be gone. I rip him right back. Mm-mm. We don't go there. You're going along and well, it's just a little white. Pull that thing back in. We don't go there. That's not territory I want to be involved with. That's your flesh. That's the law of your flesh. You, through the power that Christ Jesus has given you, have the control, the authority, and the power to do so. When you're walking after your spirit, when you're walking after the spirit, when you're walking after God, and you're feeling, man, I just keep trying to do good, and I don't know what happened. That's your flesh sneaking out the back door, trying to start something. It ought not be starting. Just got to hit that leash. Get back here, man. You're under my control. That's how, I don't know if it, maybe it just means more because this means to me. But I want you to understand that's what you can do. You don't have to be condemned about it. Paul said there's now therefore no condemnation to those that walk after Christ Jesus. When you're walking after the spirit, not the flesh. When your flesh jumps out because that's the law of sin, it will always jump out. It will always yearn for other things. You pull it right back into subjection. You say, no, we don't go there. You shut your mouth. That's the law of sin. It will always go to sin. But you, through the law of God, that's where we're going here, the law of God offers us liberty from any and all other laws that seek to control your life. The law of God is always pulling me closer. Y'all pardon, I'm out of breath. The law of God is always pulling me closer to God. For the law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2, and 3. The law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Law there, the law of the Spirit, it translates to nomos. When you trace it down to the root word, you get the word nemo. Nemo translates to parcel out. Now, yes, I had to look it out. I didn't know what parcel meant. Parcel is a tract or a plot of land. Now, when you look at it further, it, signific- it specifies a boundary of a land or a territory. So when I'm at home, to look at it like this, when I go home, I can go to each corner of my property at 7017th Street, Bedford. I can go to each corner of my property. That's my property. What goes on on that property, I dictate. I control. If someone is on that property that I do not like, I can ask them to leave or make them to leave. That's my property. That's my distinction. That's my Nemo, if you will. That's the law of my land is that I control my land. So when we look at it in that sense, we are living in the law of the spirit of life, which is Christ. So that says when I live in there, that's God's property. Anxiety is not allowed to live there. Chaos is not allowed to live there. When you got stuff coming in, your flesh coming in, all this stuff trying to happen, you just got to look around and say, yeah, I'm still on God's property. You can leave. I'm still living where God told me to live. Y'all can leave. So that bitterness, nah. That you, you, shoot you, shoot you, you get out of my mind, out of my heart. You're not allowed here. That's the border. You stay out. 
Because when you're living within the constraints of the law, when you're living accordance to the law, which is God's word, when you're living and walking after the spirit, you're living on God's property. And, and it's cool because God will show the distinction of where life ends and where death begins. Where light ends, darkness starts. Where hope ends and hopelessness begins. Peace and anxiety. All these things. Well, I don't understand why I'm struggling with peace. Maybe because you stepped over the fence. You stepped a little too far. You need to come back into where God's property line begins. You need to come back into God's property because God's property, there will always be life. There will always be peace. There will always be hope. There will always be truth. There will always be God's things within his property. The parcel of land that is under the law of God, he tells me through his word, I need to stay within those boundaries. Which thy fathers have set. God has set boundaries in his word. He set boundaries in his word for my admonishment, guiding me through this minefield, telling me, don't go past that point. That's where things get dangerous. That's where things get just. He guides us through this minefield, offering us distinction and boundaries. They also, so, so this principle serves as a boundary mark. It also serves as another purpose. We see in Job 1 and 10, Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So a hedge is a barricade. The devil had obviously, sometime before that, went and scoped out the situation of Job. He went and checked it out. Yeah, there's Job. Mm-hmm. Still a huge barricade around him. Still a supernatural, there's some sort of supernatural thing around him. See, because when the devil went to attack him, he couldn't step over the property line. He couldn't step over that property line. So not only is that line a boundary that tells you out there is death, in here is life, out there is hopelessness, in here is hope, but it also tells the devil, you can stay out. He's living in my territory, you can't touch him. A supernatural hedge of protection of things that would seek to destroy us. It can be easy. It can be easy when you're living for the king to feel as if everything in the world's fighting against you. The enemy is just unrelenting in trying to trip me up. Even my flesh, even our flesh can try and jump out and grab a hold of sin. With all of the effort and the passion that we pursue God with, it feels like we're swimming upstream. It feels like there's a gale force wind, and I'm just trying to walk into it. I just, I'm really trying, God. I'm really trying. God, times are tough. I'm really trying to go up. I'm really trying to get close to you, Lord. But every time I do, something's pushing me back. Every time I'm trying... It feels like I made I made a, 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 a hedge. I made a barricade. There's something that just keeps forcing me back. God, I'm trying so hard. As Paul talked about, when I would try to do good, I'm trying to keep everything straight. It just evil keeps happening. I'm trying to do all this stuff, but then I keep working against myself. I'm trying so hard. But every time I get close, a greater force starts pushing me back. It's like I got a headwind at me. It just keeps pushing me back. God, I'm trying to reach for you, but it keeps pushing me back. It just keeps pushing me back. Amen. In preparation for this message, God led me to do some studying 
on sailing in sailboats. And I, I know I was thinking the same thing. Sailboats? Really? Hedges and barricades of sailboats? As I studied, though, I began to learn a lot, mainly because I had no idea of anything about sailing. The biggest thing I learned is that the fastest direction that a sailboat can sail is actually not with the wind. It is into the wind. If the wind's blowing, say, a random number of 15 knots, the wind's blowing 15 knots, the boat that is sailing with the wind, you just put your sails up, kick your feet up and relax, sailing with the wind, the fastest, dis the fastest speed you'll ever travel is 15 knots. That's it, 15 knots. The New Zealand sailing team recorded something of a record June 18, 2013, with a wind traveling 15 knots. So that same 15-knot wind was, tra was coming at their face. They were recorded in sailing into that same wind at 44 knots, nearly three times faster than the wind they were sailing into. So they were going 45 knots that way, and the wind was coming 15 knots this way. That don't make sense to me. The things that can seemingly be working against us should be working for us. Now, we're getting there. I can see your anticipation. I'm excited about it because, man, I was excited too. We're getting there. Just, just, I just wanted to plant that. 2 Corinthians 4, 15 through 17. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But through the outward man, though the outward man may perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Here it comes, y'all. Here it comes. Woo. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I want you to touch somebody and tell them the wind works for me. Now touch somebody else and say it like you mean it. It works for me. When you sail into the wind, when you sail with the wind, rather, the wind's at your back. It's nice. It's like you're on the mountain. You just kick your feet up, throw the sails up, and just keep your hand on the steering wheel. Man, it's nice. I'm just cruising along. Things are good. Everything's going how it should be. God's plan and my plan seem to be the same right now, so it's good. Man, things are good. I'm just cruising along. It's a beautiful day. You travel wherever the wind takes you, though. And the big thing is you'll only travel however fast that wind takes you. The wind determines how fast you go at that point. If things are good, it's easy to throw up the, throw up the, throw up the sails and just coast. It's easy. Oh, man, I'm so glad I got through that trial. Whew, that was hard. But now life's easy. I can just kick my feet up and relax. But when you begin to sail into the wind, you begin to live against what is comfortable. Because when things get tough, it's easy to throw your hands up and forget. It's easy to throw your hands up and say, forget it. This is too hard. This is obviously not the will of God because there's a wind coming at me. Sometimes that's when you meet the greatest winds. When you turn the sails just right, so you got the wind coming right at you. You turn the sails just right, or we can quote it, you turn your attitude just right. You turn your outlook just right, just, just a hair right into that wind. When you turn your sails right, you turn your attitude right, you create pressure. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and act in any way like I'm a, a genius on, you know, sailing physics. I read it all, but, man, I still don't understand how it works. What happens when you direct that wind? It creates pressure on both sides of the sail. 
Somehow it creates a high pressure on one side and a low pressure on the other. That's about all I can explain. It creates that pressure, and that pressure is what causes you to cut through the wind. The pressure is what causes the phenomenon of sailing faster than the wind. It's not any sort of magic. You're not creating energy. You're just using that wind to create some other force. So make it personal. When I meet this wind, this pressure, this circumstance, this trial, this disease, this cancer that's in my body, just for a minute. I don't know how long it's going to be there, but right now it's just for a minute. It works for me. I don't understand how it works for me. Sometimes it feels like that wind's too great to bear. Sometimes it feels like those symptoms are just a little bit too much to take care of. But that's pressure. That's pressure. You know what happens when there's pressure? There's potential. <laughs> All my suffering, it works for me. All my distress works for me. All this turmoil that I'm going through, it's creating pressure. You know what the greater potential creates? Or greater pressure creates greater potential for progress. See, see, because you can kick your feet up, put the sails up, and sail with the wind if you want, but you're moving 15 knots. I'm moving 45 knots. Yeah, yeah. See, because when there's greater pressure, that's what causes you to shoot forward. It works for me. This affliction works for me. This tribulation works for me. These things around me that feel like they're creating pressure so great, they could tear me apart. It works for me. These laws work for me. These things work for me. As you're sailing 15 knots, 45 knots into a 15-knot wind, that's a ton of pressure. That's a ton of things around you feeling like they're pushing the walls in. It just, I don't know how, I just don't understand it, why God would put me through this just so tight. Things, have, things are just pushing all around me. It just feels like everything I do just creates more pressure. Everything I do just creates more stress. Everything I do just creates more turmoil. Everything I do just creates more pressure, which is potential for progress. See, because if we start looking at this pressure in the right light, if we turn our attitude just a little bit right, say, man, there's a lot of pressure going on here. That must mean my sails are just about to soar. I'm just about to cut through this wind like nobody's business. I'm about to sail towards the king like nobody's business. So, so, so what's your wind? What's your wind? Your wind is this pressure. Your wind is this turmoil. You know what your wind also is? Is the laws. See, we talked about fighting with the laws, right? Using them for my benefit. There's four laws wrestling with us, right? The law of my members, the law of my mind, the law of sin, the law of God. The law of sin always tries to pull me away from God. The law of God always tries to pull me towards Him. But the other two, they're up for assignment. So if you tell your mind and you tell your members... <laughs> Can I borrow four men real quick? I didn't, I didn't want to do this. Four men, jump up, fast as you can. You won't have to do anything embarrassing. Four men, four men. There's two, I got two. Can I get two more? There's three, can I get one more? One more, perfect. You stay right there, you're the law of God because you're my father-in-law and I love you. <laughs> you're the law of sin, I'm sorry. You're over there. You're the law of my members, you're my mind. Come here. All right, so what you do is you put them up for a sign. God's always over there trying to pull me towards him. Sin's over there. Always trying to pull me this way. So I'm between two worlds. But I got some wind. So when I tell David, I want to go that way. Push me that way, would you? Hey, I want to go that way. Will you pull me that way? 
and I just don't feel like I can stand. I don't feel like there's anything I can do. All this pressure. Oh, hey, what? We ended up towards God. How'd that happen? Whoa. All this pressure is trying to work on me, but it's working for your good. So when I want to walk over to my flesh, you grab me. Don't let me go. I, I just, I want to. Okay. Yeah, we're going towards God. Sweet. In those moments of weakness, those moments of temptation, those moments when you, your flesh kind of wants to go, they won't let me go. Because they've been told, keep me here. I told my mind, I'm thinking on what's pure. I told my members, I'm doing what's pure. They won't let me go over there. (laughs) They keep me here. So I can live with the law of God. Thank you, guys. Isn't it a beautiful picture? When you look at it and you tell your mind, I'm thinking on what's pure. I'm thinking on what's right. I'm thinking on what's just. And you tell your members, that's what I'm doing. They won't let you go over there. There's so much pressure. There's so much pain. There's so much distress. But it won't let you go back. Stand with me, please. That's your pressure. That's your wind. It works for you. It feels like it's working against you. It feels like it's just trying to pull you apart. But it's pushing you. It's pulling you towards your destination, which is the law of God. I want to remain in his green pastures. I want to live where life never goes out of style. I want to live where there is no sin. I want to live where there's golden streets. I want to live where God watches me and covers me. That's how you make the law work for you. That's fighting with the law. That's fighting with the law on your side. Don't struggle against it. When the law of my mind and the law of my members was over here and I was trying to do something else, it feels like I'm fighting against myself. But they're holding you where you need to be. Those moments when you want to cave to the pressure, those moments when you want to kick down the sails and you want to give up, you want to throw up your hands and say, I give up. This is too hard. Your members and your mind will tell you, come on, buddy. We're with you. Let's keep going. We're almost there. Can you see how fast we're going? Can you see how close we are? Just keep with me. Just keep with me. God, I thank you right now. If you've been in some pressure, I want you to come make it work for you. If you've been in some pain, I want you to come start telling that pain to work for you. Tell that pain that it is employed by you. Tell that pain it is no longer going to hold you back, but it is going to create pressure to push you forward. I don't understand what all this stuff is around me. It's pushing me. It's pulling me. It's trying to hold me back, but it creates pressure. It creates pressure. God, I'm coming. God, I'm sailing towards you. God, I'm going into the wind. God, I'm going against what's uncomfortable. I'm going against all this stuff. I'm going against the temptation to give up. I'm going against the temptation to turn to the side. But God, I'm following you with the law of my mind pushing me, with the law of my members pulling me. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you through the pressure, through the pain, through the heartache, through the despair. I'm coming to you. God, I'm coming. I'm coming. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.